Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Gathering. In today's episode, we're going to be covering two more of the Commander 2020 decks. We'll be covering Enhanced Evolution, along with Arcane Mousestorm. And we'll do a little bit more in-depth look into what we should expect out of these new decks. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So the first deck we're going to cover, uh, I decided because it's going to be definitely the easier one to cover... Uh, last time I did the little bit more explanation one compared to the easier one. This time I'll do the easier one, and we'll do a little bit more to explain one last. We're going to cover the Mutate deck, or at least I call it the Mutate deck because there's at least usually at least one deck. In this case, there's two because there's cycling as well. Be themed generally around new mechanics coming out of this pack. Well, the cycling isn't a new mechanic. It is a heavy mechanic in this pack, which it hadn't been previously. So they have a commander deck for cycling. And now they have a commander deck that is going to be more focused around Mutate. Enhanced Evolution is a blue-green-black commander deck. And if you are looking or you enjoy the new ability of Mutate, this will definitely be the deck for you. Starting with the commander. Odoromi, the ever-playful. I really like the art for Odoromi as well. If you haven't seen the art, I recommend going and checking it out. It's Odoromi, the ever-playful. As the name suggests, the picture kind of shows that. I think it's kind of funny. Edoromi the Ever-Playful is a green, blue, black, three colorless, 6-6 six, six legendary creature nightmare beast. Right off the bat, it has Mutate, which makes sense if you're going to make a deck that revolving around, more revolving around of Mutate, uh, to have your commander have the ability. Odoromi's Mutate is blue, green, black, and one colorless to Mutate it. And just in case anyone hadn't seen it, and I'm sure almost everybody has already, Mutate is, if you cast the spell for its Mutate cost, put it over or under the target non-human creature you own. They mutate into the creature on top, plus all the abilities from under it. So when you choose to mutate it, if you put it on top, that'll be the creature that it has on the top, and whatever you mutated it on will have the abilities beneath it. Uh, which we'll kind of get into a little bit more as we talk a little bit more about mutate. Uh, but to just be quickly brief here, mutate usually has an ability that goes along with it, including if it mutates. As Odoromi itself here, Odoromi has trample. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature with Mutate from your graveyard to your hand. Which definitely makes sense for him to be the commander. I had said in a previous episode that you can sometimes switch commanders in and out with other cards that are in this deck. This is just like the cycling one. Doesn't make much sense to switch him out. This deck is built with him in mind more than anything else. It's going to come in super handy because there's a decent amount of good Mutate abilities in here. Which I will uh, we'll get to uh, shortly. So following from Odoromi, we're going to cover just the top cards in the deck. These are usually some of the top, better cards that come out of the decks. Uh, and this one will be Zaxra the Exemplary. I might have pronounced that first part wrong, but I digress. It is a green, it is a blue, green, black, one colorless, 2-3 legendary creature nightmare Hydra. Zaxra the Exemplary has Death Touch. It also has Tap, add two mana of any one color. I actually enjoy cards that give you that two but gives you restricted to one color. It also has, whenever you cast a spell with X and its mana cost, create a 0-0 green Hydra creature token, then put X plus one plus one counters on it. So just based off of colors alone, this card works for this deck. It makes sense. It doesn't revolve around Mutate, but even decks that are themed more heavily around something can still do outside of that. Uh, so you shouldn't expect a deck that is more based around Mutate to only be able to function with Mutating. This card actually uh, piques my interest because uh, for a little while now I've been actually considering making a Hydra Commander deck, uh, and this could be a potential Hydra Commander. 
I don't think there's many blue hydras. I know there might be a few black, and then hydras usually are around green. But I was trying to think of a really good card to be the commander for it. I have ones that make it cost less or have really good abilities, but uh, they don't just stand out necessarily as commander material. So this one could potentially be my hydra commander I make down the road here. Moving from Zaxra, we have Kazur, the Ruthless Stalker. Is 4-drop, 1-green, 3-colorless, 3-3 legendary creature, human wire. And this is the start of the partner. Every deck comes with uh, a partner, uh, two mythic partner cards. As well, uh, they also come with Planeswalker spell. Kazur, the Ruthless Stalker, is partnered with Akima, Stalking Shadow, which we'll cover in a moment. And his ability is whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. It's not extraordinary... It's not too bad. I have a friend who has a bolster commander deck, which is evolving with putting plus one counters on it. This would work in his bolster in his bolster deck. Wouldn't be a commander for his bolster deck or anything like that. It'd be a part of the ninety nine. Although it is partnered, so you could potentially make a deck with these two because I think they do definitely work better together. Obviously, they're partnered. So we'll go and get into his partner first before I continue any more into that. Is Akima Stalking Shadow is a black blue one colorless two two legendary creature whale wolf. I said previously I love those those mutate mutate names. It's a whale and a wolf. It's a whale wolf. Whatever. It is partnered with Kazar Ruthless Stalker. And just to just in case, I'll uh, reiterate uh, I had mentioned previously, but partner is whenever you cast the spell, you may then bring the other card to your hand sh- from your library, then shuffle. Along with that, partner also as commander is if you have partner spells, they can all both be your commander, uh, as long as they're both legendary and they both have that partner ability. And they have to be partnered with their specific person. Uh, Akima Stalking Shadow has the ability can't be blocked. Along with when Akima leaves the battlefield, it deals X damage to target player and you gain X life or X is its power. So that's why I say these two together is where it's going to be much better is because Kazur is okay on his own, but partnered with Akima's ability to be able to deal X damage, gain X life or X is its power, you're going to use Kuzur, Kazur, I'm saying it wrong probably many times. Cows are the Ruthless Stalker to power up your Akima, and then Akima when it dies, or you can even potentially kill it yourself just to get that ability, it'll activate and be much higher than it normally would be with Kazur, of course. Uh, I definitely like these partners. I could potentially even see myself making a deck out of this. Uh, I usually go deck crazy, though, so as soon as I build one, I want to build another one. I'm going to end up with 30, 40, 50 commander decks here soon. I'm already at probably about 15, so... That's just a testament to how much I love Commander. I love all magic, but Commander's definitely my favorite. So the last one off of the, straight off the top that I wanted to cover is Souvenir Stature. Uh, it's a gold rarity. Uh, the other ones had been mythic, but this one is a four, excuse me, is a five drop, a blue and four colorless, four four, has mutate, which, like I was saying, goes with the Commander. This mutate's cost is six and one blue, five colorless. I know a lot of people, I call them generic, I just call them colorless, um... Uh, I don't know, I'm sure there's other people out there that do that too, but that is definitely what I prefer to call them. Souvenir Stature has flying, and then has, whenever this creature mutates, gain control of target non-creature artifact. So this is where it comes back to that mutate ability. So mutate, say I have my Odoromi, the Everplayful, who has mutate, and I have Souvenir Snatcher, who has mutate. I can mutate Odoromi or Souvenir Snatcher on top or underneath either or, and then they'll gain the other one's ability. I would obviously probably do Odoromi on top if I'm going to mutate him. I'm not going to mutate him underneath very often. But to say I, I mutate Odoromi for that 4 onto Souvenir Snatcher, then when I go to mutate again, 
Odorami's ability is going to activate and Souvenir Snatcher is going to activate, which means then you're going to gain control of target non-creature artifact and you're going to return a creature card with Mutate from your graveyard to your hand. So that's why I really kind of am interested in this Mutate ability that's coming out here because it's going to be super nice to be able to play a lot more off of each other's when it comes to creatures, creatures ability specifically. So I really like the Mutate ability. Uh, this one is not sure exactly where it lies in the list. I might buy this. I have two that I already know I'm going to buy for sure. I said that Timeless Wisdom was probably third in line, but this could prop potentially take third in line because I've already played a deck similar to Cycle or two Timeless Wisdom's abilities with my Morph deck. So Mutate might be a different road I go down. So this might bump Timeless Wisdom down to fourth in line for decks I'm going to buy, not in decks I think are how good they are. There's only one deck I think is is uh, the best out of all of these, and the other ones I think are pretty similar in, in capabilities. But nonetheless, uh, I do think it's a really good deck. We're going to jump a little bit further into it now before we start to pull back. I did want to mention the Planeswalker first off is Nissa Stewards of Elementals. Uh, green, blue, X has X starting loyalty, so whatever you pay for the X, it'll have that many loyalty counters on it. It has plus two scry two, not a bad. It's nice to get that as a plus two rather than a plus one. I think plus one to scry two for a Planeswalker ability isn't the best. To get that extra loyalty point is pretty cool. Has zero, look at the top card of your library if it's a land card or a creature card with converted mana costs less than or equal to the number of loyalty counters on Nissa, Steward of the Elementals, Elements, excuse me, you may put that card on the battlefield. And lastly, has minus six, untap, up to two target land you control. They become five, five elemental creatures with flying and haste until the end of turn, they are still lands. The minus six ability is pretty lackluster. I think I have her in my spare cards. I haven't integrated her into a deck just yet but I probably wouldn't even go for it. The minus six ability, I would use her for plus two and zero, which is kind of nice. I would say she's a decent planeswalker, not the best, not the worst, but it is nice to have a, a planeswalker where you're not going to be worrying about trying to get to that minus ability to truly activate their abilities. I like commanders that are going to be able to work just on their own without, which all of them do, but a lot of them revolve more around needing to use that minus ability to get the full effect of the card. She definitely thrives more on her plus two and her zero abilities compared to her minus six. So it's kind of nice to take that little bit of a of stress away from being like, oh, I need this one to live to this point. Uh, whether it lives or dies, it'll be doing what it needs to straight off the bat. Now, obviously, I'd be remiss to not just straight cover mutate first off, because that is what this deck mainly revolves around. Uh, not only, but mainly. And the mutate abilities I definitely do think deliver. If you have your Odoromi on top, and it doesn't need to be, but that's probably the way I would play it most of the time. If you have your Odoromi on top, giving it all these other mutate abilities is going to be really cool. Uh, but it would be smart with Odoromi's ability to mutate onto multiple different creatures. So then that way, when uh, if another one dies and Odoromi's alive, you can bring back the creatures that died. So instead of going reading all of these creatures' powers, toughnesses, costs, and all that, we're just going to jump straight to their abilities. We have something like... Pouncing Shore Shark is Flash. Whenever this creature mutates, you may return target creature and opponent goes to Trollster's hand. Nice little bit of control there. We have Archipagalore. Archipagalore. I probably pronounce that atrocious. But its ability is whenever this creature mutates, tap up to X target creatures where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Those creatures don't untap during the controller's next untap step, which is another really good control ability. And if it's mutated many times, you're going to be able to tap out a lot of creatures which sometimes in Magic is, is extremely useful. Uh, you probably want to be, if you're in like a four-way free-for-all or something like that, you probably won't get to the extent where it's going to be super good, but you can definitely tap down the best of three different players' cards. Uh, that's definitely doable. 
more than being able to tap someone out unless you're doing a 1v1. So that's what the blue mutate has a little bit of control. It does also have the capabilities of the other colors that are integrated into this deck. Like Chittering Harvester is whenever this creature mutates, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So that's where the black's coming in. It's going to cause a sack outlet when you're mutating. It also has something like Assatiable Hemophage. Is whenever this creature mutates, each opponent loses X life, you gain X life, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. That's a nice card. I like that it's going to do damage to everybody and you're going to gain that life. That's always nice. The only thing that, that could potentially make that, well, that'd probably be God tier and be undoable in magic, but... If you would be able to gain life equal to how much life was lost. Uh, Great Merchant of Afosdol is a card that does that, but with this card, it wouldn't make sense. So it does uh, incorporate a little bit of the green in here as well, which is whenever this creature mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile X permanent cards, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Put those permanent cards on the battlefield. That is, alone is an amazing card. I actually really enjoy that card. That's probably my favorite out of those five I just read. I think it's a really good card, being able to pull out that many permanents would be insane uh, and it definitely works with the rest of the mutate and there's many more in there i advise go checking them out uh, this mutate deck is very interesting uh, it's pretty straightforward it's like cycling uh, it's not going to take much to know how it's going to work more than anything now it doesn't solely revolve around mutate though like i had said so i'll pull back a little bit further here and talk about some of the other things it does inside the deck it does things that you'd expect from any of those color combinations to do uh, you have blue cards that allow you to draw, draw cards, you have black spells that allow you to remove, and you'll have green spells that allow you to mana ramp or power things up. But you can definitely tell it is biggest function is for the mutate ability. Actually, I would say this is probably good, a good offensive and defensive deck, because you're going to have stuff to be able to remove your opponents, and you're going to be able to play off greatly off of the mutate abilities. So your sole function wouldn't be to just attack and overpower, but it definitely looks like it could do that with some of the other cards that'll be coming with it. Some decent powered hydras and, and powered creatures. Uh, I would say it's a pretty good balance between those two, though. A good between attack and defense. It's well-rounded. Uh, I think it's a pretty good deck overall. So we're going to pull back just a little further. We'll talk about some of the artifacts and mana that they have in this deck. Now, just like the other decks, it has its mana rocks. It has its soul ring. That's a, it's almost a ne necessity. Almost. Almost a necessity. But it has a, a couple other things in here that'll be pretty good to work with this deck. Lifecrafter's Bestiary. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you may pay a green if you do draw a card. This definitely has a lot of creatures in it, uh, so you'd be able to use that ability more often, for sure. Uh, overall, it doesn't have a, as many artifacts as I would say as the humans deck had, but it does have uh, artifacts that I think are going to work definitely for the deck. So with the mana, though, uh, it has things like I had mentioned and previously that I enjoy. It has adding mana based off of your commander's color pool. I always enjoy those. Those are always, always extremely good. If you can get your hands on them, always put them in your commander decks, especially it doesn't make sense if it's a one color, but two minimum. If it's in a three color deck, four or five, that's super good to have in there just to be able to get any mana that you might need. It has your generic manas. It has things to tap for every color. It has enters the battlefield, gain a life, and it also has uh, the Bounce Lands, like I had previously mentioned. This one has Simic Growth Chamber, is green-blue, Gogori Rot Farm, black-green, Demur Aqueduct, blue-black. Uh, all of them seem to, I think I previously thought one of them only had two, but I think all of them do have at least three Bounce Lands, which is nice to get your hands on extra Bounce Lands. It does, like all the other ducks I've seen so far, have ones that seem to pertain 
uniquely to this deck. Not all the other decks have these. It has like Rogue's Passage, which is super useful. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. Is a tap four ability inside of it. It'll tap for colorless otherwise, which I think would be super useful uh, in this deck that has a decent amount of creatures uh, to be able to bust your attacks off. Overall, I'd probably rate this deck really good. I think it's going to be really synergistic. It's going to really work together. It'll be nice to have creatures, but also get stuff you'd normally only get off of like instances abilities, instants and sorceries. It's almost like a blend between uh, spells and a creature's deck. And uh, like I said, good with the attack and defense. It'll do what you need it to do. Uh, if you're interested in Mutate, I highly recommend checking it out. It's a really cool deck. Uh, if you'd like to see more for this deck, I prefer to use Mythic Spoiler to, to see my cards. Uh, another good place is TCG Player, and there's many more out there. Those are just the ones I prefer to use. But uh, as it stands, not, not a bad deck. I recommend picking it up, especially if you are really enjoying Mutate and you want to really get into it. This will probably be the commander deck for you. Uh, so moving from that deck, though, I did want to jump into our second deck that we're going to do a little bit more in-depth look into, and that is Arcane Mousestorm, which I had previously mentioned, which is a red-blue-green uh, commander deck. The commander is Calamex, the Storm Sire. Calamex is a red-blue-green, one-colorless, 4-4 legendary creature elemental dinosaur. The art for it looks sick. I love it. Calamex's ability is whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn if calamex the storm sire is tapped copy that spell you may choose new targets for the copy whenever you copy a spell put a plus one plus one counter on calamex so just off of the bat you can kind of see where this is going to be going it'll probably revolve a lot more around instants and sorceries calamex himself not a bad card uh if you have the cards in the deck to really play off of them i think it'll be really good moving from calyx we have Zyrus. i definitely pronounced that wrong the Ritheling storm the Rithing Storm. I pronounced the whole thing wrong. I'm, ju I'm just really bad. Zyrus is a red, blue, green, two colorless, three, five legendary creature, Snake Leviathan. Never seen those combinations before. That's really cool. Zyrus has flying, and whenever the opponent draws a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, create a 1 1 green snake creature token. Also has whenever Zyrus, the Rithing, st the Rithing Storm, deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each draw that many cards. Not a bad card. I think it's more focused on the cycling with its first ability. Makes me think as a, like a counter to cycling or an additional effect when you're facing the cycling deck. Uh, the ability deals combat damage to a player. You and that player each draw that many cards. Uh, that's a double-sided sword. It's good, but can be hurtful, which is very common. You're going to see things that are beneficial to you, but they might benefit someone else. Uh, magic has definitely shifted more along those lines. I think it's a good card. Not horrible. Probably wouldn't switch the commander out for him unless I was rebuilding the whole deck. Uh, I'm not saying it's not possible, but for this one especially, most are pretty much built solely around using these commanders that they come with. Uh, but, you know, a good card on its own, I'm sure will work inside this deck. Moving from that, we have Hey Kaden, Avid Arcist, Arcanist, excuse me. I'm just been mispronouncing everything today. Halden is a 3, 1 blue, 2 colorless, 1 4 legendary creature, human wizard. This is the start of the partner. It's partnered with Paco Arcane Retriever. Halden's ability is when you may play a non-creature cards from exile with fetch counters on them if you exiled them and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. Which sounds kind of weird uh, right off the top because you're like, well, how does it produce the fetch counters? And then that's where we move into its partner is Paco Arcane Retriever. is a green, red, three colorless, three, three legendary creature, Elemental Hound. I really like the creature and it makes sense with the fetch. Uh, these two guys are playing fetch together and that's pretty funny. 
the card art actually lines up pretty well. You can see the base of the tree that the dog is by in Heldon's picture. Uh, side note. But so Palco's abilities are partnered with Heldon, an avid arca arcanist. Has haste. Whenever Palco Arcane Retriever attacks, exile the top card of each player's library and put a fetch counter on each of them. Put a plus one plus one counter on Palco for each non-creature card exiled this way. That's where the fetch is coming in for his ability. You're going to be using these two together. Uh, I looked through. I didn't see many other things that produce fetch counters. If they're out there, I would recommend, if they're not in here, for them to be in here. As well as... I actually like this combination between these two. I would actually probably make a commander deck. I know I've said that a couple times already, but I'd probably make a commander deck for these two. Or Halden and Palco partner together as a commander, I think would be really good, or could make a really good commander deck. Uh, overall, not bad. I really like them. Good cards. Uh, as it seems, pretty much everything coming out of these packs are really cool in my mind. So the last card off the top, straight off the top here, I wanted to say is Decoy Gambit. Is a three drop, one blue, two colorless. Instant, for each opponent, choose up to one target creature that player controls, then return that creature to its owner's hand unless its controller has you draw a card. So this is the first of the instances. It's a decent instant. It's not bad, but playing off instant spells is definitely the way this deck's going to be going. I would actually almost call this a trigger deck. I have a deck trigger deck that is based off of triggers and i would say that because there's a lot of whenever you do this this happens or whenever in correlation to something else i mean just the commander off alone is triggering whenever you cast an instant or sorcery which is definitely the most heavily thing in here is triggering when you cast instant and sorceries but it's not the only case of it doing so but just to highlight that it does have like lunar mystic whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell you may pay one if you do draw a card Tallard Sky Summoner, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2-2 blue drake creature token with flying. Adesian Illuminist, each instant sorcery spell you play has repl replicate. The replicate cost is equal to its mana cost. Replicate's ability is when you play it, copy it. Copy it for each time you paid its replicate cost, you may choose new targets for the copies. So it's definitely going to focus a lot around playing your instances and having abilities trigger along with that. But that's not the only case if it's doing this. Like I said, there's stuff like a Tolai in here, which I have a commander deck that he is in front of, and he's almost just like my token commander deck because it's a mono-red artifact deck, but I just like his ability on his own. And then the deck operates without him. It's not necessarily needs him to operate. Uh, a Tolai's ability is whenever a Tolai the Primal Storm attacks, exile the top cards of each player's library, then you may cast any number of non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana cost. So that's what I was saying, where it's not, your triggers aren't just based off of your instant sorceries. You're going to have other things, including stuff like Rashmi, Eternity's Crafters. Whenever you cast your first spell, each turn, re reveal the top card of your library. If it's an online card with greater mana cost less than the spell, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you do, cast the revealed card, put it into your hand. If you don't, cast the revealed card, put it in your hand. And there's many other ones in here. Uh, so that's where I kind of say it's almost going to be like a trigger uh, deck. It's going to be based off of you doing this, and this also happens which is one of my favorite ways to play uh, in my decks. I only have one deck that solely revolves around doing that, but this deck definitely seems to be something that is going to be more based around doing that kind of thing, triggering abilities off of instances in this case, instances and sorceries. I'd be remiss to not mention um, the Planeswalker, which is Jace the Architect of Thought. It's a four drop, two blue, two colorless, four, four loyalty, plus one until your next turn. Whenever your creature and opponent controls attacks, it gets minus one, minus zero until end of turn. Minus two, reveal the top three cards off your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put the pile into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library in any order. And then minus eight, for each player, search the player's library for a non-land card, exile it, and that player shuffles it to their library. You may cast these cards without paying their mana cost. 
So it also kind of seems like that is another thing that's going to be in here is with a Tolai, with the partner cards, with Jace. It has a little bit of being able to play your opponent's stuff, which isn't horrible. It's actually really cool. But we're going to pull back a little bit more here. The artifacts and the mana here. It has uh, your mana rocks, your solar ring, it has an artifact creature, this Solemn Solarcrum. Uh, and then it does have its own unique one, which is Twinning Staff. If you would copy a spell one or more times, instead copy it that many times, plus an additional time, you may choose new targets for the additional copy. It also has Tap 7, Tap This, Copy Target, Instant or Search Spell, You Control, you may choose new targets for the copy. Which is really cool to have an artifact that is a copy outlet for your instances. But as far as the mana goes, like I said, all of these, they have your Command Towers, Tapping for any color of your Commander's Identity. Uh, it has... Your generic mana, it's going to give you your gain of life as it enters the battlefield, or search library for a mana, or take damage for mana, stuff like that, pain lands. Uh, it has your bounce lands, it has Grawl Turf, Grawl Turf, red-green, Simic Growth Chamber, blue-green, and rug and Is It Boil Works, red-blue. Like I've said many times, bounce lands are always good. It does have a hideaway card, hideaway land, which I hadn't seen since the human deck, which hideaway is this land comes into play tapped. When it does, look at the top four cards of your library, remove one of them from the game face down, and put it on the rest of the bottom of the library in random order, or bottom of your library. has tap a green. You may play the removed card without paying its mana cost. If it's creature, you, if creatures you control have total power, 10 or greater. I really like that hideaway ability. I said it previously in the humans deck, uh, Ruthless Regiment. I would almost take all these and probably use them in different decks, or if I could buy these in bulk, I definitely probably would. These are pretty nice mana. It does have mana that seems to be a little bit more unique to it, which is like Desolate Lighthouse. is tap for colorless, or tap a red-blue, one colorless, draw a card, discard a card. Kessage Wolferon, same, tap for one colorless. Green-red X, target creature gets plus X plus zero, gains trample. Scavenger Grounds, tap for a colorless. Tap two, sacrifice a desert, XL all cards from all graveyards. Which would definitely be good against like the Mutate deck to remove the, the graveyard before you'd be able to get them back with the commander. Overall, the mana situation and the artifacts, they're pretty good. They're not bad. Uh, they all seem to have generally similar mana that you're going to get throughout all of these. And they have some generic ones, but they have some pretty good ones too and a little bit of unique. So not bad overall. So as we pull all the way back, I did want to say one of the critiques I think I saw, I think I saw the most was... Uh, Calamax, the Storm Sire's ability to be able to copy your first instant spell uh, if he is tapped. I don't. I didn't see as much in here. I didn't see that. I haven't seen the entire deck list for both all of these yet. But I don't see it in here. Abilities to have him be tapped of your own accord without having to attack, which I think is something that this deck could use. It's probably what I would edit into it if I left the deck. Is I would edit it and put in a little bit more of a tap and untap outlet, uh, just straight off the top. Something like Kiora's Follower makes sense. To be able to, to tap Kalamex without having to attack so he stays safe, and you're going to be able to get that copy ability whenever you want. Uh, on your opponent's turn, on your turn, just making sure you can tap and untap him freely, I think is a defin definite thing that I would I would like to see in here. And they could have it in here, it's just not shown yet, or it's just not shown, but if it doesn't, I definitely think it needs to be in there. That would take this deck to a next level, in my opinion. Overall, as you expect uh, with the spells deck, it's going to focus a lot on those instant sorceries. I didn't fully cover into the instant sorceries because I think the the meat of the the deck is the cards that revolve around those instant sorceries, and it's going to have good instant sorceries in here as well. You could probably edit in a couple that you think were really good, 
Overall, I'd say it's a really good deck, uh, or very good .5. It's going to do what it was designed to do, playing off your instant sorceries, as, as well as playing off of uh, your triggered abilities, which I kind of see in this deck, having those triggered abilities. Uh, if this seems something that's up your ally, I, I recommend going and, and buying it. Uh, I, uh, these commander decks are always priced appropriately. I definitely think they're always worth worth it. And even if you aren't completely into the the deck, uh, but you just want some good cards that you can take out of it, this is going to be a good way to get cards that would probably equal out to more than this deck would cost buying them by themselves. Uh, so I recommend doing it. If you like this, you know, buy it uh, if you feel comfortable enough to do so. Uh, I think it'd be a good investment, good good choice to do. Overall, both of these decks are good. I like them. They're probably not the ones I would straight out buy. Uh, depends on how much I depend. I, depends on how much I, how many of these decks I want to buy. Calamix is second on my list as it stands, leaving only the last deck, which is the deck I'm going to buy for sure, and the deck that I think personally I think is the best, and the one we'll be covering next week is Cathuril. Aspic Warper, the symbio Symbiotic Swarm deck. I really like this deck more than anything. Uh, if you'd like to know more, please come back next week and check out that episode. I'll probably have the most in-depth look into this one more than the, the other ones. Uh, and I'm saving what's, in my opinion, the best for last. But with that, oh, that'll be up the episode for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you could do me a favor, uh, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this on, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, anything like that. I truly appreciate it. I want to thank you guys once again for listening. Love you very much, and I hope you have a beautiful day.